0: Two of us right in nowhere spending someone's hard earned pay. That is right. We are spending yeah. someone's hard earned pay. My, our, our own hard earned pay because this isn't American mooch and tunes. <laughs> this is American bruising tunes. Oh my goodness. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song, American Brews and Tunes. shibbity do. Wow. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of American Brews and Tunes. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. Now, I know that last week we had referenced that we are going to be reviewing the Animal Collective and Silverstein albums, but surprise (laughs) we are not that will be next week yep we're gonna give ourselves another week yeah these albums are doozies fairly i would say that's a good descriptor i would too fairly crazy they're just taking us a little bit more time than we anticipated because both of them are what our respective co-host does not typically like or listen to that and they're dense (laughs) yeah uh, and we also are regular people with 40-hour work weeks, so yeah. <laughs> we, you <laughs> we know, don't have we, all day to listen to it. Yeah, so so we're just going to do a, a fun one-off episode. Yeah, just um, a fun one. You've heard them before. We, re- we review one album and try one beer. Yep. And this week, we're reviewing the classic album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the uh, Beatles. What a classic the album. The Beatles. The Beatles. Now, we had reviewed one of their albums before on a one-off. It was Rubber Soul. Yep. A great album, but this is great in its own way. It is. The Beatles are such a, a band of diverse sounds. Yes. And styles. Very diverse. And I think, is this the only album that sounds like this? Or did they, mm-hmm. had, had, did they have like another psychedelic, weird album? Uh, there was weird stuff on other albums. I mean, this um, one's not really psychedelic, but... You can argue some, some, some songs elements. Some sounds are. But, uh, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, before we dive into this, this beast of a concept, let's uh, talk about the other half of the podcast, the brew hmm. portion. All right, so it sounds getting, like a Pran. It's going to be fall, am I right? Yeah. Well, you I, are right. actually, we have almost like a full month of, of um, summer left. Yeah. Well, but, well uh, not a full month, half month, almost a full month. I think the last day of summer is September twenty first. Oh, really? So it, almost a full month. Ah, you mean the fall equinox, something like that, is when, or the summer solstice? But with September comes something like October. That. Fest. Oh. <laughs> oh, we love Oktoberfest. Being beer lovers, we sure am I right? We sure do. Um, now, Oktoberfest. I'm going to not get this correct because I don't remember off the top of my head, and I don't have any literature in front of me. Was a celebration of a marriage, I believe, in in Germany, uh, long, long ago. It, so they brewed a beer for especially that for that wedding. I believe it was a wedding, and it was this style of beer. It's a Marzen uh marzen. lager, a marzen lager because they had to start brewing it in March, I believe. Huh, that makes sense. Um so it was always ready by September, Oktoberfest. Um an American lager, a marzen lager, an Oktoberfest beer, whatever you have it, a fest beer. Those are all names yeah. for the same style of, of lager. Yep. Like I said, it is a lager, it's not an ale. Yeah. It's usually classified as being a little bit more malty and sweet. Yep. In a delicious fashion. Yeah. Um I've had plenty of different Oktoberfest Oh, very caramely. I mean, it, it's it, some may say caramelly. Uh, I would not. Some may say that, but would those people normally are crazy a little bit. I don't know. Caramel. I hear a lot of people say caramel. What's the other word that is like... Caramel? No. <laughs> people don't say that. I don't know. Maybe you know. No, there's like... There are multiple different words that people pronounce differently. Syrup? Right? Syrup? Yeah, syrup and syrup. Pop? Well... Soda? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Who says soda anyway? I Cheers. don't know. Crazies. Nobody. The only time I would ever think of that is like if you're saying... Like cream soda or baking soda. Or Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. See? Exactly. um But if you hadn't guessed, we're having an Oktoberfest beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's from a kind of local brewery. It's called yeah. Wiseacre. Yeah, they're from Memphis. They're from Memphis, which is a couple hours away. It's a couple hours. Uh, west, right? Yes. yes. West. Knoxville's east from us. <laughs> uh memphis is west so it's it's a tennessee beer i've had plenty of beers from wiseacre they're a solid brewery Mm -hmm. and it's just simply called oktoberfest oktoberfest yeah and right underneath it it says gemütlichkeit gemütlichkeit and which i believe means good health something along those lines probably um when i when I hear gemütlichkeit what do you think i think of (laughs) um i think of that awesome traditional german drinking song Ein Prosit, ein Prosit, der Gemütlichkeit. Ein Prosit, ein Prosit, der Gemütlichkeit. Tinky Tunky, Tinky Tunky, oi, oi, oi. So if you ever go to a German beer hall, or if you're anywhere in Germany and someone sings that song, it's a drinking song, you raise your glass, you do oi, 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 and take a drink. Yep, yeah, I was thinking about that today. Um, what other um, Other German songs. What are the German songs? Like the birthday song. Zum Geburtstag, feel gluck. Zum Geburtstag, feel gluck. Alles guttaste, American Bruising Tunes. Zum Geburtstag, viel gluck. Wow, our yeah, really harmony and melody out. kind of shifted there. That was bad. I think you shifted the, the melody as I, I, I was sinking into the harmony. I did, because harmony. I thought of what the harmony was, and I was like, no, that's not what you're supposed to sing, Jesse. <laughs> but then I did anyway. Well, it's okay. It happens. So what do you say we open up this Oktoberfest from the good people at Wiseacre Brewing Company in Memphis, Tennessee? I think that sounds like a plan, and it's worth noting that I am having mine in a Oktoberfest Stein hmm, from the go. Tennessee Volksfest. Volkswagen, yeah? Yeah, Volksfest. I guess it's also worth noting that I'm having mine in an Brewing Company glass. <laughs> not worth noting. <laughs> duly noted. <laughs> duly noted. Now, what does dually noted mean? Duly noted. Because I noted it because like, there was two things here. Like, I was noting my glass and... I don't, I don't, I don't believe it means it's not dually noted. It's duly noted. Do, du, like, D- like D-U-E? One, D-U-E, yeah, I believe Instead so. Instead of D-U... D U A L, yeah. So I believe like ah duly noted, like that I did that quickly. I noted that quickly, maybe. I suppose so. Uh mine foamed over a little bit and so I got a little taste of the, the beer head and it's pretty darn good. Is it the, the foam, foam tasted good anyway? The foam sweet and whatnot. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of excited to try this. It's got a nice, really nice brown color. Uh almost like an acorn brown, I would say. If any of you have seen an acorn before. It kind I of have? looks like this, not the top part of the acorn, the actual nut part. And speaking of acorns, if you look at Wise Acres logo, it's an acorn with a thunderbolt. Oh, trickery! Is that fitting, or is that fitting? That's fitting. It's a trick question because the answer is it's fitting. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, let's do our traditional cheers, yes. which we all know from American Brews and Tunes, but end it with "prost." Okay, and then it cheers. How about that? Wait, so we're gonna say our traditional slogan, gotcha. "prost," cheers our glass, yep, and then drink. Sounds good. All right, so if all of you join us or don't join us, you do you, we'll, we'll do us. We can join in the middle. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Prost. Let's give this a shot. Mm. This is super caramely. Super. Like really caramely. It's very like Delicious. Like it's really delicious. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like eating a piece of caramel, but you know what I mean, caramely. Yeah, and it definitely sweet. understand what you mean. Um the malts are definitely present. A little more roasty than I thought actually. there's yeah, like a hint of more roasted malts than I was expecting. I feel like they're a little bit more subdued than uh, I would be I would normally think to taste in a an in, in an Oktoberfest. What's more subdued? The maltiness. You think? But I think that's because like you said it's more roasty. A little bit more roasty, a little less sweet. But yeah, still so it's almost it's, sweet it's almost kinda delicious. like a bitters bitter sweetness. But bitter's really not the right word because yeah. whenever I say bitter I think of like
1: uh no that's hops? sour
0: like hops yeah and yeah. it's not really bitter no. like a hop it's like it's really good it's bitter like the uh top part of a creme brulee that's been flambéed yeah and that's what you get from the roasted malts carameliness that caramely roasty flavor <laughs> <laughs> well i um, believe i believe we've, we've established that there's nice caramel roastiness to this beer I think it's delicious. I'm very satisfied with it. Yeah, same here. Um, I think it's got a great drinkability, and I would have it again. I definitely would as well. Um, So I think it's a great first Oktoberfest for the year. What is it coming in at in terms of ABV? Um, I believe it's a little higher than some lagers. Like generally, like a lager, I'd think would be four to five percent. This is six percent. Six percent. So it's not like astronomically high, but for a, a for lager, a lager it kind of is, though. a German style lager, it's a little higher uh, than I'd expect. Percent higher. Yeah, like if you're sitting in a beer garden drinking all day, you probably don't want to have anything above four or four and a half percent. No, just a nice, easy not. going lager to enjoy time with your friends and not get plastered. Yep. But then again, I'm assuming most of the people walk to the beer garden in Germany. Yeah, most likely. Because it's way more condensed. Yeah, a little better. <laughs> so, shall we move on to the album? We shall. Oui. 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 Yeah. Oui. Ja. Yeah. Ja. Yeah. Ja. Welcome to American Bruise und. Und. Uh, und Musikstag. <laughs> Musikstag. Yeah. Ja. Oh, what is it? What's the Der word? Der Ein Merenkanen. Uh Bier beer. und Musik. 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 That's our, our German pronunciation. Oh uh gosh. if you're German and you know the language, sorry if we butchered that because we yeah. made it up a little bit. Yeah. Jesse's was based more in actual knowledge because he took a little bit here i You're all I'll make it up. Ich liebe dich. Oh. <laughs> all the Germans. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> Anyways, The Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, released May 1967. All right, let's just put this in perspective. I'm sure many people have heard this album. I hope so. But think about the fact that it came out in 67. Yeah, what else was happening in 67? Well, just the styles of music that existed then. Yeah. Definitely were not like this. So... That's all I wanted to say. Okay. <laughs> because it's just, the, this album is so the crazy. 60s. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of crazy things happening, but musically, um, a lot of experimentation was going on. Yeah. Um, this is their eighth studio album coming out right after Revolver. Yep. Um, so Revolver was a little bit more experimental than their earlier stuff, but this took a huge jump. Yeah. Um, the next album that came out after this was Magical Mystery Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one kind of progressed on this one a little bit, but. It did did its own thing, I'd say. Yeah. Um, Now, it's very much worth noting that the Beatles had permanently retired from touring at the end of 1966. Right, yeah. Uh, So, before they started writing. It was getting just too crazy. Too crazy. They couldn't hear themselves play because all the girls were screaming too much. That's so crazy. That's such a weird phenomenon. I've never experienced that, and I don't think we ever will. Yeah. Because it's just... Well, because... The internet, and now. I don't think there's ever going to be anything like the Beatles. Yeah, that's just uh, a it was, was a one-time thing. that yeah? Um, so like they started writing, knowing they weren't ever going to play these songs live, so hmm. that interesting that made them free to write whatever they wanted, whatever arrangements they wanted, yeah. have whatever or- like orchestration, whatever song structure they could do. Yeah, it was limitless. The only only limits was what their mind could think of. Yeah. Essentially, um, so it was a. Freeing experience, I suppose, for them. Yeah. I don't want to speak for them, but so. I would think so. Um, now, Sergeant Pepper's is arguably the first mainstream popular concept album. Arguably, yeah. Arguably, though, there was other concept albums before, but nothing like mainstream or, or yeah, like, this brought to this attention. This is the Beatles doing it. Yeah, yeah. So frame it. So essentially, well, I mean, we, I guess we could start with the first track, but yeah, we we could. But like a concept album is a loose term for an album. That generally has a, a concept, a, theme. Thorough, a thorough concept throughout it. can be throughout the It whole can be album. a theme that comes back either musically or lyrically. Uh, it can be a, a story or narrative that's told throughout an album. It's, it's, it's a loose term, but generally a concept that goes throughout the album somehow. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like bookended by the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, a fictitious band like putting on a show for an audience.: Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of the concept. Um, a couple more quick things before we delve into the actual songs. As of 2011, there have been over 32 million copies sold. Wow. Uh, one of the highest sold albums of all time. Um, and it's been notable, and this isn't my quote. I've read this off Wikipedia. Okay. Um, I don't want to take, uh, take credit because it's a pretty cool quote. Yeah. Um, it's been highly regarded as bridging the gap between popular music and high art. Hmm. So I think that's pretty cool Interesting. To, to frame it, I guess. Huh. Um this was my favorite Beatles album for the longest time until eventually I just decided I couldn't pick a favorite. Yeah. Um, I currently do not have a favorite Beatles album. I probably never will. I don't think I ever will either. Um I've thought I, I've switched favorite albums a couple of times and, and then changed my mind again and again. So I'm just deciding that I'm gonna not have a favorite. Yeah. Too difficult. They're all That great. is. That is kinda of difficult. That's like saying, Do you have a favorite flavor of ice cream? I will say that I favor um I do have a favorite flavor of ice cream. Really? yeah what is it it's cannoli ice cream from geneva college oh gosh i'm dead serious i can pick it out on a dime there's other great ice creams i will say this coming back to the beatles though i do favor their later material over their early rock and roll stuff yeah i do like the rock and roll stuff but uh, i just like their later stuff a little better yeah shall we dive in so there's a spectrum there's a spectrum okay yeah the color spectrum of the beatles or the color spectrum of ice cream or yeah no Yeah. yeah Or even the color spectrum of beer yeah color spectrum well you can have a literal color spectrum of beer based on what the color they are <laughs> but um, oh okay flavor spectrum which ours is a pretty <laughs> orange acorn red, brown acorn brown as jesse said <laughs> all right first song is the title track sergeant pepper's lonely heart's Skull band yep um i'm just gonna give it as a recommendation i recommended four songs you did? Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I did. Well, yeah, this song sets up the entire album. It sets it up because the fictitious band, which is the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, I don't know why I keep <laughs> switching <laughs> this, I call Bland Club Band, Club, Club, um, <laughs> Club Band introduces you, the audience, or the listener, yeah. to the show that's going to be happening. Yeah. Um, and they literally do that, like, welcome to the show where Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, yeah. sit back and let the evening go, Pop, 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 Yeah, and it's really just fun sounding. If you see the album cover and the attire that they're wearing, like almost like militaristic, but yeah, colorful. but it's almost like I don't, I always think of it as like a circus or something like that. Yeah, circusy, military, circus-y. military circus. That's the Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band I can't, I, can't <laughs> I keep doing it. They're fictitious alter egos, if you want to. call Yeah, it yeah, I suppose that. so. And there's a lot of like people on the. Album artwork, yeah, a lot of famous uh, characters. Oh, yeah, um, if you ever look at that, there's a bunch just hi- like in the background, not even hiding; they're just there. There's there yeah. all like pop culture references of sorts. Is that like popular uh, of the day? What do you think that's supposed to mean? I don't really know. Like those are the people who are a part of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Could be. Club Clubland. <laughs> Ka- Ka- <laughs> I can, however, tell you that um, this did win the best album cover of the 19th the 10th annual grammys really yeah it also won best contemporary album best engineering and album of the year wow great awards if i might say so myself not that the beatles really care about grammys i'm sure they don't um probably not yeah but it's a great song um speaking of the album title and the title of this first track have you ever heard of the movie sergeant peppers Lonely hearts club band no. Hey, you said it right that time. I did. I really, like, I, really I tried consciously to did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it started at the Bee Gees, I think, and it was not well received. Really? Yeah. It was weird. Very oh, weird. Oh, this was after the album came out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But it's... Oh, weird. We won't touch more upon that. I just wanted to say that <laughs> that was a thing. Um, this song segues perfectly into track number two, which is called Be- With a Little Help From My Friends. Be-gees. Yeah, so, like, quite literally at the end of the first song, he says, may I introduce to you the one and only Billy Shears. Yep. Um, And Billy Shears, quote-unquote, is the singer of the next song, a.k.a. Ringo. Yeah, This is my second recommendation. I recommend this Um, one, too. This is among my favorite of all-time Beatles songs. (laughs) It's just, like, the melody is so catchy. Structurally, it's solid. There's this back and forth later on in the song between Ringo and the other singers. I'm assuming it's Paul and John. Yeah. Where he'll say a line and they'll repeat it, like... They'll echo a different line back to him. Yeah. But then later on a different verse, they reverse it where they have the first line and he like responds almost. Yeah. Um. So it's just so well put together, and it's just it really is. I can't imagine a person that wouldn't like this song. I'm sure someone doesn't like it. It's just hard to imagine. I think we've said it before. Like I'm sure there is, but you just imagine, imagine like John Lennon. Imagine, you know. Yeah. Um it's a great song. Imagine and all the people. It is worth noting Joe Cocker's version, his cover. Yeah. Uh which is very popular because of his performance at Woodstock where he looked like he was crazy, drunk or on drugs, but he was singing the crap out of it. Yeah. In a good way, and it was the theme song to hit TV show The Wonder Years. Oh. Um, I don't know if you ever watched that show. Never did. Um but yeah, it was the theme song. Okay. Uh, his version is really good. Is it I like the Beatles version better, but his version is really good. I have a hard time with Beatles covers. Yeah, the Beatles are one of the bands that you just don't try to cover. Yeah, because so. it, it can be a doozy depending on what you cover, but, oh, his is so good. Yeah. So good. Uh, moving on to track number three, which is called Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Um, super catchy. Maybe one of the more pop- most popular songs on the album? Uh, if not, one of their most one popular One of the most songs. popular in general. Yeah. Um, is this a song about drugs? I don't they know. They say it's not, right? Uh, they say it's not. There's no um, way it's Lucy, not. Sky, diamonds lsd LSD. there's no way it's not (laughs) um the beatles were definitely users of drugs there was no denying that john said it was about a picture that his son drew in school that doesn't mean it's not about drugs (laughs) maybe he (laughs) took lsd and looked at the picture (laughs) um who knows um what else do you got to say about this song uh just some of the word choices that they they use are really funny uh girl with kaleidoscope eyes it's a colorful song. The imagery is. is vivid. Yeah, it sounds like an acid trip. But I also really like how that the verses are like really lucid, like that, and then the chorus the, the, comes, like, in, comes in with uh, Paul sings Ringo's like, doof, doof. and then I think Paul sings the chorus, right? Yeah, maybe. Let's see in the sky with diamonds. And then John does that high yeah. harmony. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Great, yeah. great song. It is great. Shall we move on? We shall. Something better. Track number four (laughs) is called Getting Better. I like this song a lot. I do too. It's getting better all the time. I think this fits in more with a traditional Beatles sound. Yeah. More established in their previous albums. Like this could have been on Revolver or Rubber Soul. Yeah. Um, It's less experimental, I guess, is a good way to phrase it. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's it's more straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, It's a great song. I love this song. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't really seem experimental to me. Mm -hmm. We'll get to more experimental songs later. Yes, we will. We'll get to one of my favorite songs by then. I'm wondering which one that could be. Hmm. Curious. Very, Very curious. Curious. Mr. Right. Potter. Moving on to track number FUNF. FUNF. It's called Fixing a Hole. This is a goofy song. I'm fixing a hole where the rain came in. It keeps my mind from wandering. Uh. According Where to somewhere I read online, it was probably Wikipedia. Yeah, I do research other places. No, I think it was Lyric Genius. Mm. Um, Paul admitted later in the in life that it, this song is an ode to marijuana. Really? Yeah, I'm not sure if I understand all the references, but an ode to marijuana. Not surprised. Marijuana. <laughs> they wouldn't have said that during the time because they no. were all like, well, because then it was like really kids listen to the Beatles. You don't want to, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, the Beatles were always kind of shrouded in some type of controversy. Yeah, which is hard to imagine that now all the things that they say or like the controversy surrounding the Beatles is like nothing. But it was like back normality. in normality, time period, it was crazy. Just commonplace now. Yeah. Let's move on to track number six, shall we? Okay. Uh, this song is called "She's Leaving Home." Ooh, doo, now, doo, doo. This is based on a true story about a girl who ran away from her home. I uh, didn't tell anyone; just kind of left. Yeah. Um. To be with a boyfriend, I believe. Hmm. And so Paul wrote about it. And it's it's very like folk-like in that storytelling yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. mood. It's much softer. There are no drums, guitars, bass, anything. It's all orchestrated, I think. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's really good orchestration, too. Yeah. Uh, I believe George Martin probably had a lot to do with that. He mm-hmm. produced mostly every, uh, probably every Beatles album. Don't quote me because it, he probably didn't do every, but mm-hmm. a good chunk of them. And he had a lot to do with the production. Yeah. Um so I think he probably had a lot to do with this. You mean George R. R. Martin? No. <laughs> <laughs> <dated> <laughs> <chann spaced> <mumbles> moving on, anyway. <laughs> track number seven, which is called Being for the Benefit of, of Mr. Kite." Love is this, this one of the, your favorites? Yeah. It's love. out there. I love this song. <laughs> it's so funny. Um this I believe, and and I think John w- wanted to say that a lot of his bonk, bonk, contributions bonk, bonk, to, to this album weren't in the concept of the the Sergeant Pepper's theme, but I think it was. This is a circus song for sure, and it fits yeah. that theme. And it's fitting because this closes the A side. So by closing the A side, mm-hmm. you harken back to the concept of the album. Yeah. Um, apparently, the lyrics come from a Pablo Frank circus poster that John bought from an antique shop and had like above oh, his really? piano. Um, and he took the the words from that and used that as the lyrics almost verbatim, except for a couple words here and there. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, really interesting, huh? Don't be late. <hit two> uh, <sounds> <habilitan> oh, and there's a lot of creepy but cool calliope music, like circus music. Is that for a good word? It's a big words. Calliope. See? Carousel yeah. calliope. Yeah, I learned yeah. that song from propaganda, or that word from propaganda. Oh, really? Because they say that in that one song, a carousel Calliope. Yeah. So I looked it up, and that's just referring to the carnival type music. Yeah. And since I looked it up, I've I've either read it or heard it like uh, probably half a dozen times since then. Yeah. So you might as well use it whenever you get yeah. the chance. It's a more regular word than I thought, Interesting. Um, but it's it's a weird word. But that's what it refers to. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Um, the arrangement's weird in this song. The. The instrumentation's weird. There's weird stuff going Everything's on. weird about Woo! it, and it's awesome. Like that. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it reminds me of the, uh, on Mario 64, when you go in the Boo Castle, yeah. uh, the Ghost Castle, yeah. and you go downstairs, and there's that carousel that you're on, and it's doing that creepy carousel calliope music. Yeah. That's what I think of. <laughs> it's fitting for this. Um, you know the movie Across the Universe? Of yes, course you do. I do. You don't really like it that much. I don't dislike it, but, but I don't love it bono shouldn't be singing certain beatles songs but no he's allowed to i thought he i thought his wasn't bad but um but this song i thought they did it was it was really cool in that movie i thought whenever they go into the tent the tent they go into the carnival the carnival (laughs) and i I really like the melody in the song and all the the different instrumentation that they use and the Speak, orchestration and whatnot. Speaking of different instrumentation, yeah, would you like to move on to track number eight Within You Without You? Yeah, um, this is finally a George Harrison song. Yep, I love Um it. His only one on the album, uh, it's very George like as because there's sitar. Yeah. Um, this is after he has spent a lot of time with Ravi Shankar, mm-hmm. who was a sitar player, and for some odd reason, a bunch of artists in the U.S. were fascinated by Ravi Shankar, yeah um cuz it was different and it was unique and we weren't used to that non-westernized music. Yeah. Um this has a lot of elements that are common in Indian classical and Hindustani music. Mm-hmm. I re- learned a lot of this with Dr. Kikasola in oh, yeah. the World Pop and World, World Pop. Music class. Um like there's the sitar, the tabla and the tampura which are all instruments and they come in at different times in the traditional uh classical sense for the Indian music. Hmm. Um but George Harrison used it for His own style of music on this song. Yeah. Um, And apparently he wrote like the lyrics after meditating and studying with Ravi Shankar a lot and reading the Vedas, V E D A S, the Vedas, which is uh, Hindu scripture. Hmm. So that kind of has some enlightenment type stuff. Yeah. And that's where the lyrics came from. Yeah. And I I like the basic message of of this. Which is? Um, Which is that the world, you could harken back to the Bad Religion album. Where one of the lines was, the world goes on without you. So, but in this, in George Harrison's version, he says, the like life happens within you and without you Mm -hmm. is basically what it is. So, everything's important within you, but it will still happen without you. Yep. So, kind of like a peaceful way to say that your existence doesn't matter, it's an existential (laughs) crisis. What is this doing on this record? (laughs) Um, Let's move on. Uh, to a more whimsical song. Ooh. Track number nine is When I'm 64. When I'm Bum. 64. Bum. 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 I <laughs> love the clarinets in this song. I do too. It's a fun little ditty. Well, I just almost started doing a different song. <laughs> I almost started doing
1: a... <laughs> oh, the
0: uh, um, Green Green Rocky Roads. Yeah. Yeah, this song is a little ditty about loving a girl and asking if she'll still love him when he's 64. Yep. Apparently, Paul wrote this when he was 16 years old. Really? And you know the irony of this song? What? Paul separated from his second wife when he was 64. Ooh. Uh, (laughs) That is ironic. And I believe his first wife was Linda. I can't remember her last name. I guess Linda McCartney. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But beforehand. But she died. Like, they were apparently like, you know, like celebrities are in and out of relationships. At least... We, the celebrities and relationships that we hear about are often yeah. ups and downs. I think Paul was, like this was like, a really good relationship with Linda and then I can't remember how she died, but it was tragic. Maybe cancer, um, but it was tragic. Know. And unfortunately, someone did not love him when he was 64. Hmm. Sad. So this is a fun, s- I bad. love this song. Yeah, same here. Will you still need me when I'm 64. <laughs> when I'm 64. boom boom boom. It's just like a classically written song. Yeah, it's like a, I wouldn't say classically written, it's just like the, a pop song from like the 50s or something like that. A classic 50s pop song. What yeah. That? Let's move on to something that's a little more or less the same and different. <laughs> <laughs> and now for some cl- something completely same. <laughs> I think that's from a No Effects album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, track number 10 is called Lovely Rita. Lovely Rita. She was a meter maid. They say it was based on a real lady, but I don't know if it was or not. Who knows? I have no reason to doubt them, but who knows? Um, I don't think it's the strongest song in the album. I don't dislike it, but it's yeah, it's um, one that I never really came back to too terribly often. I would say that like whenever I was listening to this album, this song would come on and I would I zoned out. I would disengage. Yeah, same from the album. Because I liked, point. I liked it, but it just didn't draw me in like some of the other ones did. I wouldn't like want to consciously listen to it. Yeah, but I like the song. It's great. It's good. Still a good song, but I don't think it's the strongest. Mm.
1: Moving on to track
0: number 11. Good morning, good morning. Yes. Good morning, good morning, good morning. That's not how it (laughs) goes. Um, It's a song about monotony and boredom, essentially. Uh, And they have some really cool time signature switches. Yeah. Yeah. If you listen like halfway through the verse, maybe uh, it just kind of switches up weirdly. Mm. Now, at the end, there's a whole bunch of animal sounds, mm-hmm. um, and I was thinking maybe this is a... This is the part of the circus when they're bringing hom- out all the animals. I mean, that's that's a, uh, actually a good thought as well, right there, what you're thinking, but I was thinking maybe this is homage to pet sounds by the Beach Boys. Oh. Um, I knew that there was a relationship between the Beach Boys and the Beatles. Um, mm, that kind of makes sense, Paul actually. McCartney, at least at one point in time, went on file saying that... Um, Oh, what's that one song? Do uh, God Only Knows? Doo, 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 he said doo, doo, that doo, that was doo, his doo, doo, f- doo, doo, one of the best doo, written doo, doo. songs of all time. Yeah. Um so he was a big fan That's a uh, good song. of Brian Wilson, The Beach Boys. Um so I thought maybe this was a homage to Pet Sounds by the Beach hmm. Boys. That's interesting. So I did some research and it's true. Really? Yes. I found cool. it was a in in a some type of some Beatles encyclopedia written by Kenneth Womack. Gotta give credit where credit's due. Yep. Um he notes that the animal sounds were inspired by the coda on Caroline No by the Beach Boys, which was hmm. on pet sounds. Interesting. And you can hear a ton of animal sounds at the end. That's just so, That's pretty cool. So it's definitely and there was um I did some more research on the Beatles version. There was a method to the madness of which animal sounds you heard. Really? Like in a certain order. Each animal was supposed to be able to like um have more power and, and control and like be able to Destroy the previous animal of some sort. So it's oh, supposed to like, really? pro- progress in like. So, like, there's a. Stronger. Like a chicken, and then like a dog, and then a. More more horse. aggressive animal, or something like that. <laughs> oh, more aggressive, okay. Or something like. Yeah, just something along those lines. Yeah. Shall we move on to the penultimate track? We shall. This is Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Sergeant Pepper's. <laughs> if I say it slow, I can get it. Sergeant, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Peppers Hearts Club, Lonely Club. Club Band. <laughs> Band. Reprise club bland now this recall is the first track yeah. um but instead of telling the audience that you're here for the show they're telling the audience or the listener we hope you enjoyed the show now it's time for you to go yeah um and so it's that like the the book end like yep. the album's book ended yep uh and i think that this song is great um it's my second to last recommendation as well mm. um i think the guitar tone's awesome on this song it's yeah. more distorted not what i expect to hear from the beatles um i've always loved i'm assuming it's george harrison he usually took the lead parts yeah Um, but it's a really dirty guitar tone and it sounds great Mm -hmm. Um, dirty is used in a good sense here yes like uh, distorted distorted it's a really dirty guitar guitar tone you i used to hear this song all the time growing up because uh in kdka which was a a local am radio station in pittsburgh yeah kdka am 1020 which, uh, side note, was the first commercial radio station in all of the country. Wow. Slash all of the world. Wow. History, Pittsburgh. Um, but there was a uh, a radio host named Fred's, Fred Hansberger. Yeah. Um, and every time he was finished with his radio show, they would play this song. Really? And as it ended... They would say, the Hans has just left the building. (laughs) So every time I listen to this song by myself, that's what I think of. That's hilarious. Fun little reference. If I can find a clip of it, I'll put it on the website, but we'll see. That's funny. Shall we move on to the last song? And arguably arguably one of the best Beatles songs of all time. I thought that was the bookend that could end the album. It should be. I'm still curious as to why there's one more song. I think it makes sense. I did research and I couldn't find why. Um, you, you could give me your why? why it was put at the end. You can give me your reasoning um, in a minute, but we have to announce the track first, okay, track number thirteen, the last song on the concept album, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. There you go <laughs> is a day in the life, yeah, a day in the life. what um, a great song this i don't know i i would if I was putting the album together, I would have both Sergeant Pepper's songs front and back, but for some reason they don't. I think it makes sense. it could. Um, this is comprised of what started out as two separate songs, one being written by John, the other by Paul, and they put them together. Hmm. Um, John's parts Did come Paul in at the beginning the... and at the end, okay. and Paul wrote the, the middle portion. Okay. So the, the parts they sang are the parts that they uh, wrote. Okay. Now, this was originally, from from some of my research, written to be part of a concept album about growing up in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. It was written after they did um Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane which were both supposed to be on this album but hmm. were released as singles instead. Interesting. Um and so that was scrapped I suppose that idea. Um but either way this song is great. Yeah. Uh also among it's some of my favorite Beatles songs of all time. Definitely, yeah. 100%. Um, both like John's parts and Paul's parts are completely different. Mm-hmm. But both are equally great. Um, John's parts were inspired by um, news articles that he read, uh true stories. Yeah. Um there's a suicide of, of somebody that they were connected with or knew, um like the, the person who blew his brains out in the in the car. In the car yeah. yeah. I read the news today, oh boy. I just like that what drum about film. A lucky man who made the grade. The instrumentation's great yeah um, and then it kind of builds up and then Paul's part comes in and mm-hmm. it's got an alarm clock Go going out of bed yeah it's, it's b- about b- a guy b- who b- wakes b- up on my head has breakfast and goes to work and it's yep. mundane and boring yeah uh, whereas John's parts are more spacey and, and contemplative yeah uh, but I love both parts almost equally mm-hmm. uh, they're just it's really good um, yeah. the song ends with this huge crescendo yeah of like, like a crescendo of, like of just, chaos yeah, of almost chaos, yeah. all these instrument and um the beatles wanted this crazy sound but they didn't know how to um communicate what they wanted to the the musicians mm-hmm. so they said they the, to the musicians they told them we have 15 bars for you to fill we want you to start pretty much on your lowest note possible and end on your highest note and be crazy getting there essentially mm-hmm. um that's a very loose quote that i'm doing right now loose uh uh, summary, paraphrase, whatever. You yeah, call it. paraphrase. Uh, yeah. But they did that, and and uh, what the musicians did is great because yeah, it's like I think so. it's like really stressful and it's like crazy and it's it's building up and building up and building up, and when it gets there, it cuts out, and then there's this huge piano chord, mm-hmm. Boom! a major sounding piano chord, which took three people to play. Oh, I really? Yes. Interesting. So three people sat on the piano and played this one chord because that's pretty cool. One person. Didn't have enough fingers. Two or enough people reach. didn't even have enough fingers, so they had three people do it. Well, they probably had enough fingers. They just couldn't reach all the keys. Yeah. But most aw- likely. Awesome. Uh, so um, it's the instrumentation all around on this song is great. Yeah. It's just a, it's a very ambitious. interesting song. It's, I um, think, one of the most probably ambitious songs of the time. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's awesome. Um, and I would say the title says it all. A day in the life? Just every day. Yeah, reading the newspaper about crazy Everybody stories, wondering, contemplating, and, and then, then getting going up. through mundane life. Yeah, yeah. And so, why do you think it's? I not think at the, it's at the. The end? reason I think that's at the end of the song, end of the album, is because maybe their goal with the album "Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Co- Club Band." <laughs> I'm um, I am starting a movement with the "Sergeant <laughs> Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band." I, I tried to take out the L and Club, so I wouldn't say the L and Band, but so I said Cub. Banned. Bland. <laughs> Come bland. That's what I, I, I get it. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, I mean. the reason I think that it's after that is because it seems as though they want to um, bring the listener into a certain space within those two bookends. So like, you know, like, hey, the show's starting. Hey, the show's ended. Now back to the world, like back to the real, real world. world after listening to... Once- once you're Once done, you're with, done the, with the album, with the, with the actual the album. show that takes you out of your your life, yeah, then, that's what essentially that's what entertainment's for. Yeah, um, well, not always, but usually entertainment, such as movies, music, movie, t- television, books, is to remove you from your own reality a, to, to, suspend, to escape. It's escapism sometimes. To suspend disbelief. Yeah, um, not always because sometimes there is uh, entertainment that's ca- a cause for reflection and, yeah. and examination of your own life, but. Like most of this, this, uh, and a lot of what the Beatles do is, is escapism. Yeah. You know, to, to escape your, the mon- mundane escape reality, boredom of life. Yeah. So I think they probably put that at the end to still say like, well, there okay. is that reality. I've never thought of that. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Cause I was for the, I was really trying to figure out why this was yeah the last song other than the orchestration in the other overall that, ambitious super awesome. nature of the track. Yeah. Yeah. Sgt. Peppers is a great album. So it's almost like an epilogue. It, yeah, I can say that. That's That makes sense. It's like it's like if you're going to see a movie. Yeah. You go in, you're like, oh, man. And then you walk out of the theater and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Back to this place. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <sighs> Where I have to get up and get out of bed and run, run a comb through my head. <laughs> and go to work. <laughs> and go to work. Fall and then read crappy news about people dying and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So, great album I'm glad we reviewed this because it's it's actually been a little while since I've listened to the whole thing front to back same here yeah um, and it still holds up oh, yeah. I think even though it's so, it's, I wouldn't say it's my favorite because I don't want to have a favorite yeah. <laughs> uh, from the Beatles but oh, it's such a good album it's so strange how their albums have held up for so long is it strange yeah it is I don't think it's strange I just think it's rare aren't rare things strange no Really, you don't think so, I expect there to be rare things. I don't expect to see them always, so it's strange whenever you do see them, I suppose, but it's not strange that they exist true, yeah, but that doesn't nullify my point um I suppose intrinsically it's strange, yeah, but I am so it's strange familiar the with the Beatles' success and legacy that it that's not strange it's not strange to me just because I'm so used to it um. If I was to be introduced to, like, modern pop culture and and know about the turnover of what's popular, what's in, what has longevity and not, and I didn't know about the Beatles at first, and looking at it, I'd say, wow, that's hard to believe that a band has had this it's strange that the Beatles are still so popular. Yeah. So, yes. It's strange and it's not strange. And rare. It's strange and it's rare. Yeah. Um, But uh, I think the Beatles will continue to be just as popular for a long time to come. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they have solidified their place in pop culture. In yeah. a culture. We'll say culture. In musical history. Yeah. It's almost as if we're musicologists. <laughs> I'm from Liverpool. Yes, I'm from Liverpool. I'm oh, from Liverpool. Or Brinko. Oh, what a great time. Oh man. So uh, like we said, this was just another fun one off. Next week we'll be back to our regular um episode, which yep. we do the animal collective album, Meriwether Post, Post Pavilion. Pavilion. And Silverstein's A Shipwreck in the Sand. Yep. Um, the following week after that is a going to be episode 55, which means repeating. Repeat. Re- do you have a recommendation or should we wait till uh, let's next week? We'll, we'll wait. wait to announce it for next I week. I think I have a good idea, but let's just wait. Yeah, we'll wait. Um, you'll learn about that next week. Yeah. Um, any, any last uh, notes about the beer? Just. Oh, well, sure. About the beer. Then have, I'll say something else. No, as say well. one more thing. We'll come back okay. to the beer in a second. Um, if any of you would like to recommend an album for us to do on a one-off episode. Uh you can find us on all those crazy SMs, social media. Social medias. Medias. No one knows what an SM is. SMS. That's a, a like a text message, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no SMS. Uh hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, hit us up. Uh our email, which is Bruce and Tunes Pod oh, no, it's American and at gmail dot com or go to our website brews and tunes It'll be totally fleek. Yes, it'll be on fleek. The fleekest of them all. It will be so on fleek that it will evolve into being lit. We're two fleeky guys. <laughs> We're two wild and fleeky guys. I love a fleeky croissant. <laughs> That's so bad. Is it though? Yeah. Oh, watch out. The paint's pl- <laughs> chipping from my my ceiling. You don't want to get that lead fleek in you. Oh! <laughs> oh! All right, and that was, that was terrible joke. That was such a long setup, just yeah just for, for a terrible joke. Yeah, um, I think the beer is still great as it warms up. It, yeah, it, it is. It, uh, it kind of is consistent with that flavor. It's, the maltiness and the, and the sweetness kind of uh, meld together better as it warms up. Yeah, that uh, the carameliness is still there, but it's a great beer. Um, like I said, it holds up. It's mm. very drinkable. It's very good. I'm super satisfied with it. Very good. So if you get the chance, check out Wise Acres. Oktoberfest. Or check out anything from, from uh, Wiseacre. Great brewery. Uh, I've I've enjoyed pretty much everything I've had from them. Yeah. yeah. So, as we always say in American Brews and Tunes... Are we going to say Prost again? Yes, we are. Okay. Prost. Prost. Ah, Prost indeed. Ah. Once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name... Oh, no. <laughs> Und ich habe... Wait, no. That's wrong. Mine uh <laughs> What? Mine nama? I can't remember how to say my name. Jesse's name is... Jesse, Jesse Titus. <laughs> An <laughs> An Italian Italian. Uh, thanks for joining us on American and Tunes, you guys. Yep. See everybody next time. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American and Tunes. Give it to